This is Only Slightly Dead Inside, a podcast that puts the fun in functional depression. We are not doctors, trained therapists, or medically licensed in any way. Just a couple of humans trying to get through the day. Hey. Hi. So do you want to talk about therapy? Sure. Just to tell the nice people. Let's tell the nice people. So the nice people. Hello, nice people. This is Nika. This is Julianne. Great. Um, just so that in case you can't tell our voices apart. Sometimes like, I can't tell our voices apart in my when we're recording. Right. And then I mean, and I know, obviously I know when I'm speaking, but they sound super similar to me. So seeing as how this is a uh, podcast about mental health, you are going to hear us talk about therapy like a lot. Yeah. Which like on the one hand, we are New Yorkers in therapy. Isn't that typical? I mean, uh-huh. it's, it's a little on the nose. It's but... on the nose. It's super. We're a little on the nose in general. On the other hand, everyone can benefit from therapy. So like that's not doesn't make it incorrect. It also doesn't make it New York exclusive. But yeah, I'm excited about sort of the uh, the widening therapeutic market that's out there that's like making it more accessible for people who wouldn't necessarily have the kind of access that people who live in centralized areas do things like uh crisis text line which Mm -hmm. we recommend for anybody who is in crisis and does not want to speak on the phone which like don't blame you that's why i started volunteering for them because when i found out it existed i was like if this were around when i was in high school i don't even know how much my experience might have changed mm. by having somebody to listen to me when I was like panicking or That's... feeling really horrible about mm-hmm. everything in life. But anyway, digression. We live in a city, New York is a city where lots of people are in therapy and it is fairly common to hear people talk about it. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of not a big deal, especially the groups of people that like Nick and I hang out with tend to be a little more like actory or creative people and right. we are all in therapy whatever but I wonder a lot about how that is different in other places where it's not so kind of in the zeitgeist of the city I mean that's also part of why we started this because if you don't have if you don't hear these conversations where you live we want people to know that they exist they exist the conversations and and other people who are also dealing with shit Mm -hmm. so what so So should we talk about it yeah a lot of people have immediate roadblocks in their brain when they hear the word therapy totally some people think it sounds like woo woo and some you know people don't like thinking that they need to be fit quote unquote fixed and right. like that's a reaction like we'll get into that a little bit because that's just kind of not what it's about right it's not about being broken and that's actually a conversation that i've had with a number of people who are either struggling with starting therapy or kind of resisting it despite it being suggested to them by people around them who love them and i felt that way too like I need to be able to fix this on my own. And that's what kept me from going for so long. But it's not about being broken. Therapy is sort of, you think about it the same way you would think of like sports medicine therapy. Like Mm. it's about like figuring out how to work through an injury essentially or an impediment of some kind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Like like depression is a brain impediment. Yeah. Anxiety is a brain impediment in the voice of your brain, which is also another thing you'll hear us talk about a lot. It's just so complicated. I think also for other people, therapy, they're just like, it sounds so overwhelming to even start. Like, where do I start? Who do I talk? I don't want to ask anybody around me. You know, normally if you're going to go to some kind of medical professional, nobody bats an eye. If you're like, hey, I need a heart person or I'm looking for a new dentist. I cardiologist. (laughs) That's the real word for that. It's also so personal. Um, I mean, in the way that like any doctor 
is going to be personal. But also it's a little different. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's so much of it is finding the right fit, not only in that person's personality, but also in just the kind of help that they give and whether or not that is productive for you. Yes. So it's like therapy is not one thing. Um, I think at the beginning for a lot of people, it's about just figuring out your habits in terms of your kind of brain pathways your lines of thought and figuring out what's grooved in and how to change you know maybe some things need changing or maybe it's related to something else and how do you notice those things and then how do you change the behavior to try to like rewire your brain essentially and that also I think sounds kind of woo woo crazy to people the idea that you can rewire your brain but like You totally can. Mm -hmm. I I believe you can because there are certain things that I've been able to kind of rewire, which does not mean I am like, quote unquote, fixed or perfect or don't have meltdowns, but it's different. It makes a huge difference if it works. (laughs) And it may not work for you. Or it takes a long time or or not. Or people need different things. Yep. Because everyone's different. It's true. But the bottom line is we think therapy's cool and uh, you shouldn't be ashamed to talk about it. No. I mean, should we talk some more about it? Let's talk more about it. When is the first time that you even considered going, even if you didn't go? I think probably in like college, but I didn't actually see a therapist for the first time until I was like long out of college. And I had mentioned that like it was something I wanted to do, but I didn't know where to start. Like kind of what we were just talking about friend that I was doing a show with at the time. She recommended her therapist uh, who saw a lot of creative people. And so I was like, okay, sure. And like, I liked her a lot, but I sort of felt like it took a really long time to like continue to scratch the surface. And I just didn't feel necessarily that I was like connecting with her in a way that that was going to be productive. Then I didn't go to therapy for like another several bunch of years. I went to the Actors Fund, which is an amazing resource for everyone in the entertainment industry, not just actors. They have a whole social services department, including mental health professionals on site. And if they can't see you, they will do intake and match you with someone. That's amazing. Yeah. I didn't know that. It's really, really, it's an incredible resource. The people that the Actors Fund was, were trying to match me with weren't taking new patients. So then I went to the National Institute of the Psychotherapies, which is on 57th Street. And they will also uh, do intake and they run on a sliding scale. They matched me with someone and I went to her for a while and it just like was not a good fit. But I felt too guilty to like break up with this therapist how long did you go to that therapist i gotta look i don't know it was like over a year probably but that's understandable because it does take a while to establish a relationship with a therapist even if it is the right fit because we are all complicated people who have complicated pasts and it is important to share a lot of that stuff because you don't even necessarily know how some of the things in your past affect you so it does take a while to kind of establish that and then to kind of figure out whether or not it's working is also it's all subjective yeah it was one of those things that like i would be in there and i would be like i don't want to tell you any of my secrets and that's not not a great that's not a great sign. that's not amazing and then i let it fall off for another two years or so Mm -hmm. i was talking to a castmate of mine in a different show and he was like well i really love my therapist and he used to be a performer and um i feel like you guys would really get along And so I asked for his info, reached out to him. And it was very, I think it was like clearer to me immediately sooner than it was clearer to him therapist that like we were going to be a very good fit. 
So like, this is what I feel like therapy was supposed to feel like all of this time. Sure. So that was like, I don't know, six years of trying to find the right therapist. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that makes a lot of sense to me. I first considered it maybe probably in high school. I struggled a lot with stuff in high school and I didn't necessarily know how to talk about it. I didn't have people who understood what might have been going on. So like I was angry and cry and you know all of the things that a lot of people just uh associate with being a teenage girl exactly (laughs) um which yeah sure obviously that that's the thing that I didn't know at the time is teenage girls don't necessarily have proportional responses to things but there's another level the internet was not like really a huge place at that point and I remember doing research on stuff and trying to figure I was like maybe I'm manic depressive And I would do research on it. And then I realized like, no, I'm not really. Because the idea of just having plain depression seemed like bullshit and like not enough for like how shitty I felt. So it was like, well, that's not a thing. Right. Because like at that time, the only recent depiction of anything was like girl interrupted. And and so then all of a sudden you're like, okay, well, it's not that, but it's not, not. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. It is. It is not that, (laughs) but it's not, not that. I'm not in danger of hurting anyone or keeping razor blades in my cheeks or whatever. Like, that's not happening. That's not not quite happening. But, you know, these things are all on a scale of some kind. I like that movie a lot. I haven't watched it recently. I don't know if it holds up. I tried to sort of like self-diagnose in high school and then kind of shoved it away. Because also in high school, you have to go through your parents for pretty much everything. And that was not going to be an option in my house. Even if you live in a house where people are really open, it's probably still pretty difficult. But if you are in a place where you uh, do not feel comfortable asking for that kind of help or feeling like it's even something you want, like if you don't know what you need, you just know that something is wrong. It's very hard if you have nothing to really guide you on it. And then my freshman year of college, my boyfriend that year, kind of toward the end of freshman year, after several months of me basically having meltdowns every three weeks and just feeling shitty and and not capable of of a lot of things he convinced me he was like I really think therapy could help and I remember saying to him I'm not crazy and he said you don't need to be crazy to go to therapy people just go to therapy and you were like what I was and he said my parents both go and my brother goes and I was like they seem normal and he was like Mm -hmm. yeah and that that's the first time I agreed to go. I mean, he also is it's not like you can say to somebody, I think you need therapy. Like I was clearly ready to try to figure out what was happening at that point. For many years later, I think I would text him sometimes and be like, thanks for saving my life. I, I often text the friend who recommended my current therapist and yeah. I'm yeah. like, we're not, like we're, we're not like that close, but every now and then we'll like do a concert together. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny and so I'm like you don't understand like you gave me the greatest gift that anyone's ever given me I think at the point where you're willing to listen to somebody it's like you need somebody to give you permission mm-hmm. I needed someone to give me permission who whose opinion I respected it was like I said it's the end of my freshman year and I went to the health center at school but because it was almost the end of the school year everything was full up and there were waiting lists for everything 
So they were like, we can put you on the waiting list, but it could be months. I don't know when there's going to be a spot for you. Bring us a list of the therapists that are covered by your insurance in the area, and we'll see if we know any of them. So that's actually how I found my first therapist. It took a long time to figure out how to talk for real. A lot of it, I remember being like, what? This is boring. Like, what is the point of this? I have nothing to say. There's no epiphanies. But... I did it anyway. Then after college, I took a break from therapy and I was like, I'm going to just try to live right after graduating college on my own and I'm going to be fine. So that didn't work great. I can't imagine why. I don't know why. I called my old therapist. That's what it is. I called my therapist at college and I was like, hey, do you know anybody in the city? Because I'd moved from Evanston to Chicago. And she was like, yeah, I know a couple people same thing I went to like two of them and I was like I'm not sure and then I went to another one I was like yes she seems great I love her and she made a huge difference for me in general and I didn't really know exactly what I needed I just got such a warm vibe from her and she made me want to talk and again like this is so personal that's not necessarily what other people might need other people might be way better at talking about such things or way more articulate than I was at that point in time but she just she made me want to talk to her and feel like super not judged not that my previous therapist made me feel judged but it was just like a different energy that I hadn't experienced and didn't know I needed yeah I get that because I'm also uh, terribly bored by myself like I narrate things that people are like wait what in a way that is funny so that you know that I know that, yeah, it's probably like a serious traumatic thing, but like, I'm fine. It's cool. But, like, Don't I'm worry. fine. It's cool. Or like there are just things that like it's a difficult thing to say were hard because they were on the surface very good things. Mm-hmm. And so it makes you it, it would make me feel ungrateful or mm-hmm. like something like that. And he was the first person who was like, um, cool. So like this is actually what's happening. And like, it's OK that. It's okay that you feel this way about it. Even though it was on the surface a good thing and you should quote unquote be happy and grateful, this was a thing that fucked you up. And that's something that has to be dealt with. And right. he was Many the positive first, experiences right. are very complicated. And the validation of the, the negative pieces of that is so important. Yeah. Therapy is not about feeling like kumbaya about your entire life. I think that's another misconception. No, it's not like about I being like, I don't. now feel great about everything. I feel gracious and I practice gratitude every day of my life. Which like, sure. There's I mean, a sure. Space, like, there's like, space no. for all of that and there's space for context. But you can't put aside things that happened or are happening and replace them with gratitude totally you know you say like I can't feel bad because somebody else has it so much worse and not only are you beating yourself up but you're not letting yourself move through the feeling of feeling bad so that you can nor are you doing anything to help the person or thing you feel badly about so it's really quite self-destructive yeah and I'm not saying there's like not a place for context because like it's absolutely key and I think it's really important to contextualize yourself and acknowledge what's going on for you that isn't going on for other people and things like that that you have while also giving yourself permission to like feel shitty yeah no processing those shitty feelings lets me get out of my head and back into living in a more uh, realistic perspective on all of the world Mm -hmm. it it sounds contradictory but like talking about the thing that's making you feel shitty will often make you feel less shitty about it and let you move on to things that are more important in life in the world etc 
want to emphasize how anybody who is struggling with this is not alone and it is so fucking frustrating and can take such a long time. But I also don't want to say that is going to take a long time. I'm hoping that by sharing what are some of our experiences were, maybe it'll help people be a little more forward when they're like, I don't think this is working or I need to look for a different resource. Do we need to do a, um, some sort of closer? Hooray. Should we stop now? Sure. Okay. Bye. Only Slightly Dead Inside is Julianne Vilker and Nika Lanzaroni. Our theme song, Motown Mo Problems, was composed by Joel B. New and Robbie Roselle designed our logo. Find and follow us on all the social medias by searching Slightly Dead Pod. We'll be there. If you are in crisis or feel like you might be a danger to yourself or someone else, turn this podcast off and call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 or text the crisis text line at 741-741. Someone is always there to hear you and you are worth hearing.